Welcome to Sunday's Lesson with Lane. In this podcast, we will listen to Lane Brown's sermon this past week at the Chandler Street Church of Christ in Kilgore, Texas. We hope this message blesses you as you strive to grow closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers out there. Who right now could be more deserving of a break than our mothers? Our mothers have been so influential in our lives. They've showed us compassion. They've showed us unconditional love. They have been such a blessing to us. At least I hope and pray that you have someone in your life that has been this blessing, whether it's a mother or whether it's a grandmother or a special woman in your life. And if you do, Take time today to give them a call or to go visit them and let them know how special they have been to you and how they showed you they loved you. Tell them stories about that. And if your mother is no longer with us, use this time to honor her and her memory by sharing these stories with your children or sharing these stories online on Facebook for us all to read and see how special this woman was. For me, I've got it kind of easy. I think my mom is watching right now. And so I can tell a story of how my mother showed compassion to me and showed that she was willing to stand up for me. And it all happened back in ninth grade. I was coming home from school I, uh, I, I was struggling with, with uh, sunlight, and my eyes were really sensitive to the light. And so I went straight into my room, closed my door, closed the blinds, and went under a blanket. And my parents realized something was wrong with me. So they took me to the emergency room. They gave me a CAT scan, tested my head out, see if my brain was okay. They said the brain was fine, so that's good news. At least it was back in ninth grade. And then they realized that I'm showing a lot of symptoms for meningitis, which happened to be going around Houston at the time. So they needed to find out if I had meningitis. And the way you find that out is you do a spinal tap, stick a big needle in your spinal cord or yeah, and I guess that's where it is. Anyway, it, it uh, wasn't something I was looking forward to in the least. I didn't like needles. I was a big baby when it came to needles. I'm okay with needles now. I can give blood and I can watch uh, a needle go in my arm. But back then, I was a baby about it. And my parents told me I had to do it and they needed to find out. So I did it and it hurt and I probably cried. But they found out I had meningitis, so I needed to be in the hospital a couple of days. They were fixing me up. I was going to go home the next day, but at about 2 in the morning, I get a knock on the door in my hospital room, and a doctor wanted to do a spinal tap on me again. And I thought, I already went through that once. I didn't like it. I don't want to do it again. And my mother also stood up for me, and she's like, why are you doing this? And she goes and talks to him. And sometimes we don't like when our mothers uh, stand up for us because it's kind of embarrassing at times. But this time I was okay with her standing up for me. And come to find out, it was a medical student that needed to give uh, practice a spinal tap. And my mother said, no, you're not going to use that on my son. You're not gonna, he's not going to be your guinea pig. Um, I don't know if it was the best medical uh, decision to make or not, but we didn't get it done. I'm happy and healthy right now, and I didn't have a big needle stuck in my back. So thank you, mother, for that. And thank you for keeping that uh, med student from sticking a needle in me. Mothers will do just about anything for their children. And today we're going to talk about a mother that was going to do anything for her daughter whenever it came to getting this evil spirit out of her daughter's life. 
And so our lesson is going to come from Mark chapter 7. And if you have a Bible, turn to Mark chapter 7, and we're going to start in verse 24. In verse 24 it says, Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre. He tried to keep it secret that he was there, but he couldn't. And as usual, the news of his arrival spread fast. So mothers, this is good news for you. As you're hiding in the closet, trying to eat the snacks, getting a little me time away from the kids, and hoping that your kids wouldn't find your snacks and eat them all before you got to them. Jesus sometimes was like this. Jesus sometimes needed to get away and maybe stay hidden from the people that wanted to ask him questions or beg him for things or do what kids do to you right now. This is Jesus wanting to get away from it all. Matter of fact, Jesus is actually trying to get away from a lot of things right now because in Galilee, where he's from, he just gave some uh, teachings that didn't go well with some of the Pharisees. And so he kind of needed to get out of there for a little bit. And so he goes north to the foreign, uh, foreign land of Tyre, okay? And while he's there, he's trying to stay hidden, like we said. But the news of his arrival spread pretty quickly. And when people hear that there is a Jewish healer in town, someone that can cast out demons, someone that can heal the sick, someone that can give sight to the blind, they're interested in this guy. And this mother, who really needs some help with her daughter, is definitely interested in meeting with Jesus. So in verse 25, it says, Right away, a woman came to him whose little girl was possessed by an evil spirit. She heard about Jesus, and now she came and fell at his feet. She begged him to release her child from the demon's control. A mother is going to do whatever she can. At least a good mother is going to do whatever she can to help her child. Whether it's uh, to confront the neighborhood bully, or whether it's to go and talk to a teacher about if the mother thinks that the teacher was mistreating her child in some way, or if it's a medical student that wants to do a spinal tap on your son at two in the morning, mother's going to come out and uh, put the kibosh on that. She wants that to stop, or she's going to go look for help, and that's what this mother is doing. She is begging Jesus for help. Now, we don't know what's strange about that yet, but Mark is going to go into a little detail about why this mother should or shouldn't be talking to Jesus and how they, the two of them are from totally different worlds. If we go to chapter 26, it says, Since she was a Gentile born in Syrian Phoenicia, or she begged him to release her child from the demon's control since she was a Gentile born in Syrian Phoenicia. Now, your version might say uh, she was a Greek, or she might, it might say she was a Greek Gentile. That word is only used twice in the, in the Bible. It's used in Acts, and it's used right here. And the word really means, both times it's just talking about Greek Gentile women. And in Mark is trying to be very specific on who this is. So it's not just someone that's out of the Jewish faith. He's talking about a woman that's from a different country. So a different race, a different country, a different culture. And definitely she is not Jewish. 
But he goes a little further in describing who she is whenever he says that she was born in Syrian Phoenicia, or she's a Syrophoenician. What I think he's talking about right there, and what it, what it alludes to, is there's a lot of political differences between the Jewish people and those of Syrian Phoenicia. So, you're not just dealing with a different race. You're not just dealing with a different culture. You're dealing with people of different political backgrounds. And all people with different political, political backgrounds get along really easily, right? <laughs> Probably not. It's like me saying that Bernie Sanders just walked into a Trump rally. Me just mentioning those names might have gotten your feathers a little bit ruffled because we get uh, kind of tense about different political characters, right? And if you are a little tense when you heard those names, either one, you're in the right spot because that's where Mark wants you to be. Mark wants you to understand that this woman did not belong here. She did not belong with Jesus. Matter of fact, the disciples are kind of upset that she keeps on coming around and begging Jesus. And the disciples will go into this. And if you look at Matthew's account, Matthew has the same story, but it's said a little bit differently. And it's always good to look at both accounts so you can see the whole, the same, the whole story. And in Matthew chapter 15, verse 23, it says, And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away. She is crying out after us. Get rid of this woman. She's a different race. She's not a child of the promise. She's a different political background. She's a different culture than us. We came here to get away from it all. Send her away. And now the backstory of why Jesus is up there to begin with. Jesus is there because when he was in Galilee, the Pharisees saw his disciples go straight to their food without washing their hands. Now, not washing your hands is a big no-no then because of ceremonial washing. And it's a big no-no now because we want to keep germs away. So the Pharisees are upset with this and Jesus uses this as a teaching moment. God had ceremonial washings for the Jewish people because God understands germs. And so God wanted them to understand, well, you need to clean your hands before you eat. It had nothing to do with your holiness. It has to do with germs. Jesus wants the Pharisees to realize that clean hands or whatever you're eating, the types of food you're putting in your body, has nothing to do with holiness. It has to do with health, okay? So, in Matthew chapter 15, verse 14, it says, Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is, rather it is what comes out of that person that defiles them. What is he saying here? What defiles you is not if you eat bacon. Thank, thank you, Jesus. It is... If you bring immorality into your heart, or if you bring hatred into your heart, and then you spew out that immorality or hatred, that is what defiles you. That is what makes you unholy. It has nothing to do with what you eat. It also has nothing to do with where you've come from or the color of your skin. And Jesus is going to get to that in just a minute. 
he goes in and he's trying to make sure they move from the idea of you should wash your hands because of germs, not wash your hands because of holiness. So in 17, he says, after he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull, he asked? Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but goes into their stomach and then out of their body. In saying this, Jesus is declaring food clean. Okay, this is the first lesson. The Pharisees don't like it because he's just told them they don't have to wash their hands for holiness. They should wash their hands for germs, but they don't have to wash their hands for holiness. Pharisees are upset about that. They head up to Galilee, and now he is talking with this woman. And the disciples don't like this woman because she is different than them. She is, in their mind, unclean. Okay, so now we're here in chapter 7, verse, in Mark chapter 7, verse uh, 27. The woman has begged him to heal her daughter. She knows he can do it. And then it says in 27, Jesus told her, first, I should help my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take food away from the children and throw it to the dogs. Did Jesus just say that? Did he just call this woman's daughter a dog? What's sad is this culture at the time, they didn't mind talking to each other about this kind of stuff. They didn't mind talking harshly to each other. That's how they dealt with each other. They thought one group was unclean and the other was clean, right? Now, we don't fully understand all how God, how God works. But God did give a promise to the Jewish nation. And he gave this as the children of Abraham. And it starts off in, in Genesis chapter 12. It says, Genesis 12, verse 2 and 3, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and the peoples of earth will be blessed through you. Okay. So the blessing is going to come through the children of Abraham. How is that blessing going to come through them? Because the children of Abraham are going to make a family, and that family is going to turn into the nation. That nation is going to have kings, and from the descendants of their greatest king, King David, is going to come the Messiah, who will then bring everyone into the fold. Jesus knows this woman understands that to some extent, because in Matthew's version, when she first comes up to Jesus, she tells him in Matthew chapter 15, verse 22, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. She knows Jesus is the Lord. She knows he's a descendant of King David, meaning he is the king of kings. So Jesus is going to go and teach his disciples a little bit more about who salvation is, is for. This woman wants some blessings from Jesus, and Jesus is going to give him these blessings, but he's also going to use this teachable moment for his disciples. And that's why he says, Let the children be fed first, for it's not right to take the children's bread and then throw it to the dogs. 
the key word here, and this is where Jesus kind of opens up the door, kind of pushes the door open for the woman to let her know it's going to be okay. The word is first. Let the children be fed first. Jesus has to do everything. He's, he's got to go through his trials and go through his death and, and go through his resurrection before everyone can come in to the fold. But eventually, just like the promise said, all nations will be blessed through Jesus, right? And so let's let this happen first, but then blessings will come. She hears that word first. And so she responds in this way. In chapter 28, or verse 28, he says, That's true, Lord, but even the dogs under the table are given some crumbs from the children's plate. So the woman sees that Jesus has opened the door. She is a believer. She understands the promise. And she says, we deserve some of the bread too. We deserve some of the blessings too. And Jesus agrees with her. He knows she deserves some of the blessings. It doesn't matter that she's a different race. It doesn't matter she's a different culture. It doesn't matter that she was born into a different religion. It doesn't matter she was born into a different political party. He realizes she sees him as Lord. Okay? And so the door is going to be open to giving her blessings. And what does Jesus do whenever she says that? Because she is going right into his, his hands to teach his disciples about this. And he says in verse 29, good answer. And he said, and because you have answered so well, I've healed your daughter. And when she arrived home, her little girl was lying quietly in bed and the demon was gone. The healing in this story is almost an afterthought because what Jesus really wants his disciples to see is that the promise that was promised in Genesis 12 is now open for everyone. And so Jesus wants to continue this message now. In Mark chapter 7, he continues it. He stays up in this area, up in this foreign land. And guess what he starts doing? He starts healing all sorts of different people. And every time he heals people, he says, all right, don't tell anyone about this. But it's about the same moms as you're uh, coming home and maybe you have one of your children in the car with you and the others at home. And you decide, all right, let's stop at McDonald's and get an ice cream cone. But don't tell your brother. Well, what do the kids do? They brag about the ice cream cone that they had on the way home. Jesus is healing these people say, all right, don't tell everybody. But what do they do? They tell everyone, and so everyone wants to be around Jesus. All these foreigners want the blessings that Jesus has to offer them. And now it's time for Jesus to head back to Galilee. And so he's heading back to Galilee, and these people are just following him. But Mark now tells a story which almost sounds like a repeat. Because he looks around and he says, these people are hungry. What can we do? We need to feed these people. But it's another learning moment for the, the disciples. He tells them, how much bread do you have? If you look at uh, Mark chapter 8, verse 15, he asks his disciples, or chapter 8, verse 5, I'm sorry. How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked them. Seven, 
they replied. What's Jesus now doing with bread? Jesus is now saying, it's time for you to feed these foreigners. It's time for you to soften your heart and realize it doesn't matter what skin color we are. It doesn't matter what our culture is. It doesn't matter what our political background is. It matters what's in your heart. And do you love these people? Are you willing to share your bread with these people? Because that was the promise. Are you willing to share in the blessings of Jesus Christ with these people? And now, it's us. It's time for us to share in these blessings of Jesus Christ with each other. No matter our race, no matter our gender, no matter our background, it's time for us to share in the blessings of Jesus. How do we do that? We come around a table. And this is the last thing Jesus does is before he's leaving, he gives us this last supper where he tells us about the bread being his body. The blessing of Jesus given to us so that we can find forgiveness of our sins, so that we can one day be with him together. And right now, we're first going to sing a song. We're going to get uh, even more in the mood so that we can focus on how we can share in the bread of Jesus Christ. When Jesus shared this bread of blessing, to the 4,000 foreigners. When he got his disciples to share their bread, their blessings with all those, one of the things you notice at the end is there was so much more to give. There were still seven baskets filled with food after everyone had their fill. When we share the blessings of our Lord, we receive so much blessing back. God will fill our life with blessing. And right now is a time that we can think about how we've been blessed and how we can give back to Him. We give back to Him when we look around and we see who needs blessings from our God. We look and see how we can use our church and how we can use the funds that our church has to bless others. Whether they're struggling financially or if we can bless them by giving them the blessings of Jesus, the blessings of eternal life. Teaching them of how much Jesus loves them. No matter their background, he just wants an open heart for them. And so this is a time we can give back to our God. Mother's Day wouldn't be complete without a story of the kids arguing, right? So after the disciples have shared their bread with all the foreigners, with all those that were different than them, they get in a boat and they're heading back home. They're heading back to Galilee. And when they are in the boat, they realize they had seven, seven baskets filled with food that they forgot. <laughs> it's like you're forgetting your, your food. You, you go to a restaurant, you get a nice meal, and you get the take-home, right? 
and you just left it on the table. Every time I do that, it's really frustrating. All they brought with them was one loaf of bread. And so they're kind of getting at each other. They're arguing about, who left the bread? Who left it? We had plenty of food. And that's when Jesus talks to them. In Mark chapter 8, verse 15, he says, Be careful. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. Jesus wants them to remember. Be careful of what man offers you. And trust God in your blessings. They're worried about not enough food. Well, they just saw Jesus take seven loaves and feed 4,000 people. And they saw Jesus do the same thing practically with 5,000 people. And so Jesus even asked them, what are you talking about that you have no bread? Do you not see or understand How many baskets filled with leftovers were there after the 5,000? They said 12. How many baskets filled of leftovers were there with the 4,000? Seven. Don't you get it? Jesus is here to bless you. You've never messed up enough that Jesus can't enter your life. That is why we have this this form of giving our lives to Christ in baptism, dying to our old self and being raised new in Him. It doesn't matter what our background is. It doesn't matter what our skin color is. It doesn't matter any of that. It matters, are we ready to invite Christ into our heart? Are we ready to surrender ourselves to Him in baptism? Are we ready to be raised with Him for eternal life? There's no clean and unclean with people or clean and unclean with food. It's what you're willing to put in your heart and what you're going to have, the holiness that comes out of your mouth when you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord. Are you ready to confess him as your Lord? Are you ready to share your bread with those that are a little different than you? That's what Jesus is calling you for, to confess in him, to confess his name to share in his blessings and to share his blessings with all those around you. If you need any help or prayers to share in the blessings of Jesus Christ, give us a call, 903-445-9701. Send us an email to the church or prayers at kilgorechurch.com and let us pray for you. Let us help you share in the blessings of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining Sunday's lesson with Lane. I pray you are blessed by this message and that you will join us next week as we dive into the encouragement God gives us in His Word.